got 10 minutes left, guys, and uh, I'll get you out of here on time, okay? You heard a lot, you're feeling a lot emotionally and mentally overloaded. Um, I, I just want to ask you to do four things uh, when you leave here. Four final charges. This is the, the coach. He grabs you by the face mask right before you go out uh, to go play. And I want to ask you when you go back to love. And as John, as John said, and he read from John 15, 5, but whatever you do, man, I want you to love God. That has to start there. And whatever it is for you to find the next gear, when you go back, you're going to want to go strategy. You're going to want to read stuff and have meetings. I want you to love God. I want you to find something that stirs your affections and do that and love God before you do anything else. For me this year, I'm reading through the scriptures and just kind of taking notes for my son. I want to give him, I want to give him a Bible at Christmas and a dad, your dad's been praying for you. Your dad's wanted you to see these, these certain scriptures. And it's put me on the balls of my feet in books like Leviticus. Uh, when I've normally been sleepy, it's helped me stir my affections. I've used a little book by Ken Boa uh, called The Handbook of Prayer, and it's just scriptures, and that's what I read when I go to bed at night. That's helped me love God. Find your thing, whatever it is. I want to challenge you to love your spouse. Right. If you're going to lead in this area, one of the baseline requirements is that you have a great marriage. Right. And if you're going to call people to love their spouse, you've got to model that. You've got to model that. And I'd ask you, if every marriage was, in your church was as good as your marriage, how good would the marriages in your church be? You're going to have to find a way to connect with your spouse, love them in new ways, and model that, whatever that is. This year, I'm taking Pam every single month on a learning date. We're going and we're learning something new. We blew glass. I'm now kind of a big deal. I'm a glass blower. And uh, we've got this stuff. And, you know, I've got a, a bunch of killer uh, ideas this year. And I, I do that to connect with my bride because I love being with her. I love learning new things. And I want to make sure that I model that uh, for our body. So you make sure you love God. You make sure that you love uh, your spouse. I want to challenge you uh, to learn. And there's so much to learn. And I don't even know, I can't tell you where to start, but I just want to ask you to put together a developmental plan this year and fi figure out how you can move towards becoming a subject matter expert. If you're going to become the relational university in your community, surely you're going to have to know more next year than you did this year. Whatever that is, uh, whatever that is for you. I, I, I've, got my, I've got my plan uh, for the next 12 months just to, to, to kind of... Um, take my marital acumen up one level. I want to ask you uh, to learn. I want to ask you to lead. And I want to, I want to ask you to come up. Uh, well, for, first, what, you know what I want to do? I want to ask you to seek God before you just start coming up with plans. And so I got a little prayer up here uh, on the prayer, and you can write this down. Uh, and this is what I'm going to ask my staff to pray for the next 30 days as we think about both uh, watermark, what God wants us to do, as well as, um, as, well as kind of what... Uh, what God wants us to do in ways we help, help you. And so I'm going to ask you every day for 30 days, at some point during the day, to pray this prayer. God, give me a big vision. Give me a big vision, a vision that scares me to death. And then give me the courage and the resources to do whatever you show me. Right, give me a vision, as Gary Hogan says, that, that I've got to pray every 30 minutes about because I'm so terrified it seems so God-sized, and then get after it, okay? I want to encourage you to lead. 
And then finally, I want to encourage you to launch. And one of the things we didn't get to talk so much about with, with millennials is that they, they don't want to sit on the sidelines. One of the most fascinating things about millennials is that um, their involvement in kind of nonprofit organizations um, is contingent on whether they have a say in it. And there's, there, there are so many more nonprofits now than there were a couple years ago, and it's because millennials, they don't want to come and work in your nonprofit. They want to start it. They want to be close to the action. And so you're kidding yourself if you think um, that, you, A, you can make it without millennials, and B, if they're, they just will be really happy uh, sitting and watching you do. You've got to find some of these guys and launch them. You've got to find some, some people that you believe in and launch them. And some of you guys are great communicators, and I want to challenge you. If you've got, let's say you've got six weeks of content in your pre-married class, find one of those sessions that you could give to somebody and continue to coach them up until they can do it good enough. And then take the next session and see if you can figure out a way to get out of that thing and go start something else. And as, 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 as uh, Todd said, to believe deeply in this Ephesians 4, 4.12, that if, if God's given you gifts, surely he's given them to you so that you can prepare others for the work of ministry. He hasn't given them so that you can show off, bring glory to yourself. He wants you to do your thing, whatever that thing is, but surely he gave you those gifts because he wants you to prepare other folks. And when you do, man, when you do, you give someone an amazing gift. You give someone an amazing gift of ministry that I don't feel like you should keep to yourself. Let's watch this. So I grew up in the church. I was raised uh, on the Bible, and I married this great guy in college who was a lot of fun to be with. <laughs> Didn't necessarily know his Bible. In the early years of our marriage, I mean, church was just something that I did just to check the box. And in the service, I would sit back and just think about my golf swing. So it was when we began serving together that he began learning some stories that were there for us to be on this journey of me reading my Bible, kind of feeling alone in my faith, to having a partner that we read the same scripture each day and that we're having daily conversations. Like, I never thought this was possible. I didn't even know to dream for this. Serving together had been a game changer for us. So when we left our old church, we showed up and just asked if we could serve in marriage ministry. We enjoy a challenge. Reengage was a challenge for us and just had a heart for couples who were hurting because of our own story. The first time we led in Reengage, uh, our first group had a man that was struggling with sexual addiction, drug abuse, another guy with pornography, verbal abuse of his wife, uh, ladies that were trying to control. I mean, we were surprised. I'm not sure we felt equipped. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure we didn't feel equipped to start, but yet each group has provided us new opportunities to learn and grow in our knowledge of what God's Word has to say, like that there is no problem that people can bring to us that His Word doesn't have an answer for. So having a relationship with Christ is a, is a personal and it's intimate, and, and marriage is personal and it's intimate. And so having the two together is just a natural segue into sharing the gospel. When couples come to re-engage, many times they're hurting. They've turn their spouse into a savior, and that spouse has let them down. And now they're open to hearing God's word. Just getting them to kind of refocus their attention, take their eyes off their spouse, mm -hmm. and to, to consider, you know, what do you think God is, is trying to, to teach you or show you or, or say to you um, through the difficulties in your marriage? 
they kind of sit back and go, huh, well, I hadn't really thought God had anything to do with this. A couple that we had show up in our second group, a divorce was already on the table. They'd been separated for almost a year. Um, he had come, started coming to re-engage by himself for several months. She finally came and she sat next to him. And one of our leaders um, was sitting close to him, just put her hand on, on her leg and said, it's gonna be okay. And just since that she since she was hurting, we watched that couple tear up their divorce papers, commit to their marriage, and then shortly after get pregnant with baby number two. So it's it's just a lot of fun to get to see that. Then watching other couples go through and lead and serve Christ, whether it's pre-marriage, newly marrieds, or the re-engaged ministries. And thinking that we were there to watch them in the early days and their struggles and their pain and tears and frustrations and then just to watch Christ do his work and to watch them take that and help other couples throughout the marriage ministry. Common mistake that people think in order to lead in any marriage ministry, we have to have a perfect marriage. And if Sonia and I had waited to have the perfect marriage, we would never would have led. Our marriage grows every time we facilitate a group and re-engage. Serving in marriage ministry has, has put me in a leadership position where, number one, I'm studying God's Word consistently. I'm leading and discipling men now where years ago I would never even have that opportunity or have the confidence to do it. And through that, I am now leading my family in a way that I never thought possible. Part of us serving in re-engage is, is actually getting our own kids ready for the reality, which is that marriage is hard. That's something God, that God said in His Word. You know, if you're married, you will have trouble. We want them to know that, that their prince is the prince of peace, that they'll have one savior, and hopefully they'll have a guy sitting beside them that loves them and cares for them. It's impossible to re-engage leadership and not come out with a stronger marriage and being a better man and a better follower of Christ. The blessing that our marriage has seen from that and how we've grown, the blessing that our kids have seen by watching us lead, uh, we would have missed out. Well, Matt and Sonia are sitting uh, right down here, um, but I'm going to ask them to stay here, but I wanted you to meet some of the folks that they have invested in. And so this is a small sample set. We, I think we've got some pictures of some of the other folks that they have invested in. And Matt and Sonia have been around here for a little bit, uh, and they have led both in Merge, they have led in foundation groups, and in Re-Engage. And I wanted you to hear real quickly uh, from one of the, the couples in each one of those and be reminded that you've got Matt and Sonia's in your church right now that you could go back uh, and launch. So, Gaines. Hi, uh, we're Chris and Megan Gaines, and we just want to say, Matt and Sonia, thank you so much for being our merge leaders many years ago, um, for investing in our relationship, just for caring about not only us as individuals, but caring about our marriage, caring about how we love each other, for asking tough questions of us. Uh, just for being available, uh, and most importantly, just for modeling a Christ-centered marriage for us, uh, just for everybody in that group. Uh, the Lord really used the McEwens just to show us how important it is to have Christ as the foundation of our marriage. Uh, and additionally, something that we have noticed over the years, that they showed us just how important it is to serve together uh, as a married couple in a ministry that you really have a heart for. 
So we just want to encourage you and challenge you all to find the couples in your churches that um, you know may not feel like they're equipped to lead, but have marriages that can lead out by example and just do what they do and um, go out on faith and, and launch all these couples who now continue to serve um, and, and see it grow. And so, you know, we're a small sample, but, but this is just a few couples that they kind of have helped launch into marriage ministry, and that's where we love to serve. Well said, Megan. So Chris and Megan have served now in Merge and in Foundation Groups. So, John and Cora. We're John and Cora Lehman, and uh, McEwen's, we just wanted to thank you so much for leading our Foundation Group and really just demonstrating us for, to us the priority of marriage, uh, leading out by your own example. These guys uh, just demonstrated from their own lives uh, uh, just the um, how to work out conflict. It just sometimes they would do that in real time, right in front of us, so we could see how that was done, and uh, just really loved each other with thoughtfulness. That would that was really instructive to us. Uh, Sonia has done a great job of um, pouring out and discipling me, and um, we walked through a biblical counseling course together, which helped me take a lot of victory in my life, and. Um, we would even get together and do a chore we didn't like, which was ironing, and pray while we did ironing it together in fellowship. And um, their example over the years has really encouraged us to want to love others and step out and, um, and just be faithful and encourage others with God's word um, through the power of the Spirit working in us. And so we um, just uh, led through our first re-engage group and um, just really enjoyed doing that and just were blessed to get to be a part of God's work um, in that. So, Great. Thanks, Cora. So there are McEwen's in your churches, and we just encourage you guys to find them mm-hmm. and invest in them that, so that they can invest in people just like McEwen's invested in us. Awesome. Toby? Um, I'm Toby. This is my wife, Michelle. Um, Maddie. Sonia. Um, I call him that. Nobody else can. Um, <clears throat> there is a pattern that was in our lives before we met the McEwens, which was divorce. And they have, um, sorry, they have led us and re-engage. Um, and that, that divorce is no longer. And um, they're kick butt people. Mm-hmm. And I love them. Um, and um, I know I have a minute, McGee, sorry, but mm-hmm. I just, they're amazing people. Um, and the relationship that we have with them goes beyond re-engage. And that's why we're here today. Um, here, you finish. <laughs> well, Matt and Sonia just have this um, amazing heart for the Lord and for feeding into marriages and um, have encouraged us and, and the others that were in our group. And so much so that we don't even go to Watermark, but we went through engage here went back to our home church, and we facilitated our own re-engage group. Um, and so we know and want to encourage you guys that there are um, couples in your church that have that same passion, that same heart for the Lord and for marriages. And it can take just one spark to ignite a wildfire in your churches and just have just a godly-centered marriage, just kind of wildfire going through your church and um, having a light shine. Awesome. How great is that? Here's the deal. Um, what did you say? He was, Matt is a kick-butt uh, person. Matt used to sit in church and dream about his, getting his lawn a little greener 
and his golf handicap a little lower. That's who Matt McEwen was. And now Matt is leading his family better than he ever did, and he has a front row seat. Isn't it fun to have a front row seat on all this? How, how selfish would I have to be to not, to not share that front row? How selfish would I have to be? What are the McEwens going to do with their lives that's going to mean more than what they get to see in these couples here? I'm supposed to use my gifts to equip the McEwens so they can do ministry. You're supposed to use all the gifts and resources that God has given you to find people in your church, to equip them and release them, launch them for ministry. Guys, you've got, you've got God's word. If you're a son or daughter, you've got his spirit. And I just encourage you to go find some of God's people and just get after this thing, man. This matters. You can't do it alone. You shouldn't do it alone. You go find some people and you launch them and you bring your best and don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about the numbers. You bring your best each and every time and hopefully you can just get one of those dominoes to fall because these kids will have kids who will have kids who will have kids and Matt and Sonia had a front row seat to watching the whole thing start, okay? That's it. You've got, you, you, you need nothing else. You have been given everything. You've been given everything for life and godliness. And so, guys, I ask you to go back to your churches this year to bring your best, bring your best, and have an amazing time helping the couples in your church pursue oneness. Thanks so much for coming out. Thanks.